Moments, memories, laughter, pain. It happened, we feel it, we experience it, and it's all part of our story. A conversation that changes everything, a circumstance that gives us perspective, beauty that takes our breath away. Life is happening now and things are moving forward. Our journey is being written and God is in our midst. And if we pay attention, we'll notice. When we trust, He inspires. When we surrender, He redeems failures. He plants vision. When we unite our efforts, we get to be a part of something beyond what we could ever imagine. God changes lives. He builds stories. And building stories is the reason we are here. Amen. So we, uh, of course, call this church Vertical Church. We believe in loving others towards God. Uh, We believe that our love is toward God. Amen. Uh, But we picked our website to be called Vertical Story because, as you heard me say through our You Say series, we believe that the Scripture says that we're living epistles. We are telling the stories of God even in our own lives, even to today. Like, God is not done telling stories just because the Bible has been given to Are you with me? He's still telling stories. He's still doing things. And so we're jumping into a series over the next several weeks where we're going to talk about the stories of what God is doing through this church uh, and, and through the lives and the ways that we're connected. So you're going you're gonna to get a lot of vision. You're going to get a lot of inspiration. You're going to get a lot of ways to be able to connect and, and join in with what God is doing. Again, we just came out of a testimony series where we told all the stories of the goodness of God. And, and I know there's many more in this church that you know, weren't filmed or weren't shared, but we told all these amazing stories, but we also believe this, that it doesn't stop there. We don't have this badge of like, well, God moved one time in the church and now we're satisfied. No, we're believing for him to do it again. Are you with me? And so that's why we jump into this 21 days of prayer and fasting where we're going to draw near to God. And we, we, we believe that he's going to move and we believe that he's going to draw us near and connect us to him. Uh, I had somebody say uh, to me, oh, uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Didn't you guys just do that in January? Didn't you guys just already do that in January? And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, are you full of God and his blessing? I'm so, maybe you're right. Maybe we shouldn't do it again because we certainly don't want more of God. And sometimes we get caught in that mindset of like, oh, 21 days of prayer and fasting again, like again, like, I'm sorry, are you, are you satisfied? Are you full? And so it's, it's, it's a good thing for us to revisit these things and, and, and let them kind of poke us and, and, and make us wonder like, okay, you know, God, what do you want to do? What needs to be removed and adjusted and rearranged? Because that's what a, a prayer and fasting does. It, it arranges things to do what? Make room for more of God. Amen. And so one thing that's really critical, I'm going to be a little practical for maybe these first five minutes, and then I'm going to get into a little, a little bit of preaching and illustration. But um, these are so incredibly important. Normally, when we go into a 21 days of prayer or fasting, I'll preach on fasting, I'll preach on prayer, I'll cover a lot of it through my sermon. But I'm just going to tell you, uh, in this season that we're in, much of the content about prayer and fasting is going to be found in this guide. And so you really, I'm just telling you, it'd probably take you... 10 minutes uh, if you read through it, and even if you looked up some of the verses, I bet you could get uh, the heart of it in about 10 minutes. Now, I'm not telling to downplay it, because if you really let God do a work in it, you could spend a long time in here letting God do the work if you look up all the, the are you with me? And so here's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just asking you uh, to just please do, uh, do me a favor. Just kind of listen to the lead of your pastor and go pick up this guide at the end of service and then just really work it. Over these next 21 days of prayer and fasting, which starts right now today, whenever you feel led to, to start it today, if you feel to be a part of it, 
but go through this guide, talk to your spouse about it, make a decision. But here's what this guide does for you is uh, it just lays out the heart and the, and the why behind fasting. So you'll see in the beginning, we answer the questions about what is fasting? What does it look like? What is it in the Bible? What is fasting? Another thing that we put in there is how to prepare how to prepare yourself for fasting. How do you make a decision? Like what are some of the adjustments you need to make? We also list the types of fast in there. So you say, well, you know, food is kind of a, a situation that I can't make adjustments to. Well, there's other types of fast that you can join into. There's also information in there about what to do during the fast. Uh, we usually fast at the beginning of the year. And I remember for us one year, uh, my brother's birthday falls in January. And so all my family came over and my mom's rule is uh, whatever the kids choose to eat, uh, that's what uh, we eat. And so we're in this fast, we're eating no meat and my brother chooses steaks and the party was at my house. And for my brother and for the glory to God, I'm like flipping steaks in my garage after not eating meat for, as I'm just saying, there's social elements that are actually going to end up happening to you during your fast. And you got to be, you got to be aware. You got to be ready. You have to prepare for, am I making sense? So there's practical things that go with fasting. And then there's also, how do you finish the fast? When you get to the end of the 21 days, you know, if, if, if you're somebody like me, the, the way you finish the fast is at the closest pizza place. That's what you do. But, but what does the fast look like? Does, are, are, there, are there themes? Are there elements? Are there disciplines that came out of the fast that God's asking you to keep? Am I making sense? Are, are, are there things that like he taught and taught you and grew in you during the fast that he's asking you to carry on? And so the fast, it's, it's an awareness. It's like, okay, God, in this prayer and fasting, like how, how do you want me to close this fast and what do you want me to do going forward? One of the things, uh, and I'm going to read a scripture here in a minute that goes with it, but one of the things we're really excited to, to kind of show you uh, after the fast is um, we're going to do this thing called a night to worship. And uh, many times you've been involved uh, with a thing uh, maybe called a night of worship and you come to a church and I'm not against any of this at all. God just sort of t showed us how to do it a little different for a specific reason. But you go and it's more of a concert feel. You come and you watch and they lead you in worship and it's inspiring and you seek God and that's amazing. But the purpose of this night is it's not going to be a spectator sport. The purpose of this night is when we come, it's a night to worship. That's the purpose of it. We're coming into God's house with a passion, with a desire, with a grind to be able to come in and say, I'm going there and I'm going to seek and I'm going to worship. Uh, we're not going to let the band just lead us through things. This is the night to worship. Does that make sense? So in this place, you may see people over in the corner journaling. You may see people walking around. You may see people kneeling at the altar. We're just coming into a place together as a church where we're going to worship, right? And it's not that we don't worship on a Sunday. It's just like we're committing out of this drawing near to God. Am I making sense? And so that's something I want you to have on your calendar as you come out of the fast, that, hey, we're going to keep this thing stoked, and the church is going to position you with ways to, to keep that going. Amen? First uh, Timothy gives us this warning. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says this, The Spirit clearly says that in latter times, or some translations, later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Um, how many of you have ever showed up to a meeting that was taught by a demon? Okay, so probably not talking about a class taught by a demon, right? Maybe what it's talking about is how the enemy has deceived in ways of living and way of thinking and way of, are you with me? 
And so it's saying, be careful in these last days. One translation says this. It says that in the last days, people will be given to seducing spirits. That's not talking about sexually. It's talking about in their mind, they're going to be tricked. They're going to be deceived into believing things, lowering the bar, setting a lower standard, calling it okay. And that's the work of demonic influence. Am I scaring you all today? <laughs> What's the purpose of saying this today? What I'm saying is the reason we fast and pray, the reason we seek God in an extreme way is because we're trying to keep our lives and ourselves aware of the fact that it's possible in these last days that we can be tricked and deceived and seduced into the wrong way of living and thinking. It wouldn't be in the scripture if it wasn't a possibility. Again, I'm not talking about you showed up to the demon class. I'm talking about we let strongholds and habits and ways of thinking deceive us into the wrong way of living. Are you with me? And so we say, okay, God, here's what we're going to do. We're going to draw near to you in this time of prayer and fasting. We're going to seek you like we've never seeked before because we want to be a people in these last days who are remaining in you. Philippians 4, 8 says this in the New King James Version. It says, finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Uh, this sounds kind of gross, but the word meditate in this scripture means uh, like a cow chews cud, just turns it over and turns it over and turns it over. It's saying of all of these things, whatever's true, whatever's noble, it says just meditate, turn it over, turn it over, be constantly thinking of these things. Is it possible in our world for us to meditate on the negative and the angry and the bitter? Are you with me? And this scripture is saying, no, 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 you have to live in a way. So what does fasting help us do? Fasting helps us say, okay, we got to remove all of that other stuff we're meditating on. And we got to meditate on whatever is true and whatever. That's what fasting helps us do. That spirit of heaviness that I was talking about that gets in us and gets on us. When we start fasting, it starts to break that off. Why? Because we're praising and we're seeking and we're meditating on these things. I love what the Passion Translation says, uh, Philippians 4, 8. It says, so keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable, admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts. I mean, you know, fastening, you're, 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 you got something on a trailer and you just reef on that thing. You're fastening that thing so hard. Why? Because you don't want it to move. You don't want any of these thoughts to move in your life. So you're fastening your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Fasting helps us fasten ourselves to what is good and true and of God. What is holy and what is righteous and what is pure. Fasting helps us fasten ourselves to what really matters in life. Are you with me? And it's not that you're doing a bad job, right? Throughout the week, it's like, well, I already pray and I already worship and I already have devotion and I already have. And, and, and those are the, that's the regular grind of God. That's the, that's the following of God. I, I, this example might not make a ton of sense to you, but... I thought about it like this. I was riding my dirt bike last week and I was riding around and I noticed I was missing a pretty important bolt. And uh, every year, springtime, whatever, you go through your bike and you make sure everything's tight and that's part of the routine maintenance. But I was missing a pretty important bolt as, uh, as I was riding around. And uh, did anything happen? Did I crash my bike? No. Did I do anything? What happened was the everyday ride, the everyday grind of things, it just shook some stuff and rattled some stuff and caused some things to just come apart. Are you with me? 
And it's the same thing in our life. You, the, the bike was doing what it should. I rode it like it's supposed to. Everything was in spec. But just over the course of the time, some things just begin to shift and change. Are you with me? It's the same thing. You can pray and you can worship and you can follow God and God is with you and everything is in proper performance, but stuff just needs a little extra tighten and tune up. I put gas in it every time I check the oil, but sometimes I got to go a little bit deeper. And so after a little bit of time, all of a sudden, then guess what? Uh, Not every time, but every once in a while, I got to go a little bit deeper and the sprocket needs to be changed because it got worn down. And then the chain needs to be new. Why? Because it got stretched. And the valves need to be aligned. Why? Because it was road hard and they need to get back in alignment. Was anything wrong? Was I doing anything wrong? No, it's just part of the process. And I'm telling you, it's the same thing in our walk with God. We, we have our daily grind. We have our regular routine. We have all the things. But then there just becomes a season where, where it's time to go a little bit deeper and do a little bit more. That's what prayer and fasting is. And here's what I know about when I make those extra tune-ups. Uh, I put a new chain and sprocket on this year, and, and I did some of those internal things, and valves are in spec. Do you know that when I go back out after making some of those adjustments, I'm a lot more confident? Why? Because I know that, hey, I've done these things. I've done the deep work. I can, are you with me? Yeah. It's the same thing when I come out of fasting. You can just stick your chest out with faith, knowing, you know, I've sought the Lord. I've gone 21 days, and, and he promises that I draw near to him. He's going to draw near to me. Are you with me? And so you just walk back out there with a little bit more confidence, uh, this is going to be my second most ridiculous illustration. And I was just trying to think about explaining when you come out of a fast. Maybe many of you have never fasted before and you say, you know, like, what's the purpose? Is it just, is it more of a discipline thing? Is it more of a thing? And again, just stay with me. This is probably one of my weirdest illustrations. But how many of you in here, it's glorious to you because it's glorious to me when your bedroom gets new clean sheets? Come on, somebody. I'm talking about you get home and you see that the sheets were in the dryer and they've gone on the bed and you're like, I'm sleeping good tonight. The babies are clean. Not with any of your hippie homemade soap. I'm talking about good chemical soap. Clean these things. (laughs) Now, listen, listen. Did the sheets still fit the bed before? Was everything where it was supposed to be? Everything did what it was supposed to do. But overseas and what? It just maybe got a little dirty, had a little bit of wear on it, had a little bit of life on it, had a little bit. And so what what did you do? You just went through the season of drawing back near. Are you with me? I told you it was a terrible illustration, but I hope it makes sense for you. It's almost like what fasting does. I, I, I look at 21 days of fat. Nobody likes taking the sheets off. Nobody likes putting them back on. So that's kind of 21 days of fasting. Oh man, 21 days of fasting. But I know at the end of this thing, I'm going to be near to God. It's going to feel good. Are you with me? That's just what it does. And, and, and I hope you have that mindset going into it of like, ah, oh, this and that. But I'm telling you, at the end of this, you're going to feel so near to God. Amen. John chapter 15, verse 1, I shared this with you last week, says this. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He says, I am the true vine Why? Because it's possible for us to think that you're getting your nutrition from something that's not actually a true vine. It goes back to the seducing spirits thing. Oh, I'm being fed. I'm growing. I'm doing what I'm supposed to in life because this self-help book says I am. And this person says, no, he says, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Why? Because God wants us to grow. We haven't called to just arrive. Look at me. I arrived. No, he wants us to grow. While every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, 21 days of fast, he's removing things, so that it will be even more fruitful. 
because God wants you blessed. He wants you growing. He wants you to have the big chip. Somebody say amen. Number four, or uh, verse four, or verse three, you already, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So that's 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're remaining in God. We're remaining in the things that matters. We're connecting to the things that's going to cause us to bear fruit. We're connected to the vine. We care about what the vine cares about. Some of you saw me post on Facebook yesterday, uh, literally sitting in that recliner I was talking about. Uh, our Michigan team did not do very well yesterday. And there was a point on my Apple Watch where it measures your heart rate. And I'm sitting in a recliner. And at one point of the game, I have like a 98 heart rate which I don't even know if that's good or bad, probably still chip, chip drama causing it. But anyway, in a matter of 14 minutes in the progression of the game, I went up 37 heartbeats per minute just sitting in a recliner. I let my emotions and myself get that worked up over football. Literally spiked my watch because of a football game. I, and I'm not against football. You know that. I'm not against watching sports. But I wonder and I wish we could get to a place when we read an article and you hear of a thing about what's happening to Christians in China, that our heart rates would begin to spike because we're so remaining in God. Are you with me? That we get so irritated. When we hear of the millions of aborted babies, that our heart rates would begin to spike because we're so remaining in God and God is love. Are you with me? that we should be so moved to the things that matter. I think that's why remaining in God is so important. That's why 21 days of prayer and fasting matters. Why? Because it changes our hearts. It changes our perspective, and it helps us to remain in him as we grow our best fruit. Amen. I'll close with this. I thought about the things we get all worked up about. Our hearts spike because of the coworker we have to work with or the things we just let ourselves drown in when it comes to politics and the news. And we just, we continue to just feed on dead things. Our heart rate spikes because we're not remaining in him or remaining over here in the world. Are you with me? And we're just remaining so frustrated in the fact that we don't have enough. So all we focus in is on lack. Oh, they got a new house and they got a new car and oh look at them they got this and they got that and we so remain in this idea of what we don't have and we miss what God wants to give us family drama all this family drama all we're doing is remaining in the drama of life of family and circumstance all this stuff and God is saying remain in me let me do the work in your life so that you may be more fruitful are you with me that's what 21 days of prayer and fasting does. It helps us adjust so that we can grow, so that we can remain in the things, so that our heart rate spikes about the right things. And again, don't, don't walk out of here being like, I'm against football. If we lose to Wisconsin, I'm against football, but I got two weeks for that. But I'm just telling you, our heart rate needs to spike about the right things. And how does that happen? It's when we draw near and we remain in the things that we're called to remain in. Uh, yesterday, uh, we had our Saturday morning prayer uh, time up in our second floor sanctuary. And I'm just telling you, I believe, and this church has walked through all kinds of miracles, amazing legacy offerings, amazing times of 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're so grateful. We're so thankful for that. But I'm telling you, as your pastor, I, I want you to hear this. I really do believe that this 21 days of prayer and fasting is going to be like our most important season we've ever had. I can't tell you exactly why. I don't have anything that I know that you don't know. I just, I can sense it. I can feel it. 
I can just see, you can just, you can see when things just start to come together and you go, okay, th this is where this is going. So yesterday in our Saturday morning prayer, the room was full, beautiful Saturday morning, all kinds of things going on and just all kinds of people show up. It always blows me away on a Saturday morning. But here's what's amazing. It took over 15 minutes. Uh, if those of you that haven't been there, I usually put a bunch of topics on the board and I say, hey, we're gonna pray these. And then I ask the room, is there anything else we could be praying about? And we took over 15 minutes to go around the room and cover all the prayer requests that were brought into that room which is a long time. Normally it takes five minutes or whatever. We go around the room and we make a list of all things to pray for. It took over 15 minutes. Why does that matter to me? Because here's what I believe. I believe God doesn't give you what you're not ready to handle. He wouldn't put those prayer requests into our people's lives if this church and you, the body of Christ, weren't ready to move on their behalf. Does that make sense? I think because we're going into this 21 days and we're gonna draw near, I believe God is, is, is sending and positioning this church to be able to step into and alongside and walk in the miraculous with some people. I can see it, I can feel it, I can just, are you with me? Here's another reason why I know that's true. Now listen, I'm not the pastor that, that look, looks through scripture and makes up all these equations about how this is how God does it, but there's just truths throughout scripture that are obvious. And one of them is this, when you give testimony and when you give thanks and you give praise to the work of God and you go back to him with gratitude, he moves on your behalf again. It's like this recycling thing. You go back and you give praise and you give thanks and he moves on your behalf again. Well, we just came out of a series of giving thanks. We dedicated our entire month of August to giving thanks and giving praise. Now we're stepping into 21 days of prayers. What do you think heaven's about to do as we seek him in these 21 days of prayer? I'm telling you, I believe that the church is being positioned for God's super to be put on our natural, for miraculous signs and wonders to be done in people's lives. Why? Because he's got a God who loves us and, and, and desires good gifts for us. Amen. Miracles in motion. We give God thanks and we give him praise. So I thought about this as I was considering the ways that God wanted to move. And he just told me to begin to type all these things out. And I'm telling you, Every person in this room, whatever your thing is, is on this list. Whatever your miracle need is, is on this list. God can do it in 21 days. If he did it for all the miracles we just saw last month, he wants to do it for you now. I believe our You Say stories for next year are gonna be written through these 21 days of prayer and fasting. So here are some of the things God wants to do that you qualify for receiving. I believe he wants to break addictions. Some of you have been struggling and stuck and hurt and frustrated. Uh, can I tell the story, Melissa? Can I? Okay. So Melissa was telling us this morning, her husband, Kevin, uh, pray for him. He's sick, uh, sick overnight. Uh, but they were talking about how many years ago they went on a fast, uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And the kids uh, in their house, their kids, uh, they wanted their dad, Kevin, uh, to stop smoking. And so that was just like something in their home, not even really connected to 21 days of prayer. They just wanted him to be done smoking. And so aside from that, they just went into this 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, they said, okay, we're gonna do this Daniel fast, which means you're not gonna eat uh, meat. And so Kevin says, okay, we're gonna do this fast. We're all gonna seek the Lord as a family. And he said, uh, which like, if you're gonna write down how to uh, create an ax murderer, this is how you would do it. <laughs> he said, if I'm gonna do this fast, that means for 21 days, I need to give up coffee and cigarettes. I mean, that would make anybody a crazy person. <laughs> so he does it, right? He says, well, for these 21 days, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna just give it up for these 21 days with every intention of smoking at the end of 21 days. Are you with me? And guess what God did? He honored the desire of the family, 
of the kid's heart. And Kevin hasn't smoked a cigarette since. Are you with me? Why? Because God knows and he sees and he understands the good gifts that he can give. Are you with me? It's not about giving up some meals. It's about stepping into what heaven has assigned for you. So I believe addictions can be broke. I believe healing wants to take place in 21 days. Healing from your past. God told me to say it like this. God wants to heal you from your past. He wants to heal some people from their past. Fully healed from your past. You've accepted it. You've coddled it. You said, oh, I got this thing and it's my thing and it's my thing to care. No, it's not. God wants to heal you of your past. This is another one we, we don't really say very much, but he told me to say it. He wants to heal you from your present. We always talk about past, and we always, but right now where you're at, God wants to heal your present place. Some of you are so frustrated with where you are right now because you're looking here or you're looking back at there, but God wants to heal you right now, and I believe he can do it in the 21 days. Are you with me? Here's another weird one we don't talk about very much. He wants to heal your future. You say, oh, I'm, I'm believing for this thing and I'm believing God, but you can't see yourself having that kind of future. Oh, I wish God could do this in my future, but you don't believe him. You don't have the faith for it. You don't have the eyes to see it. And God is like, I'm gonna heal that part in you that doesn't believe that you're worthy to have it. You're gonna have it. Oh, there's no way. There's no way my prodigal will come home. There's no way they're going to come back to the place of God. God wants to heal that future. Are you with me this morning? As we draw near to him, the word promises he draws near to us. So your past, present, your future. He wants to see you healed and whole. He doesn't want you to think of yourself as the victim. I'm always the loser. I'm the one who always gets the raw end of the deal. I'm the one who, uh, no, he wants, to, he wants to take that victim mentality from you so you can see yourself as the winner and the warrior that God's called you to be. I believe he can do it in these 21 days. I believe you're gonna leave these 21 days with the mind of Christ. Like God says, I'm giving you, we're called to walk in this mind of Christ. Well, I don't know what that looks like. I, I got this anxiety. I got this oppression. I got this depression. God is saying, no, no, no. I've created you to have the mind of Christ. And in these 21 days of prayer, I believe you're going to be giving your testimony that God has renewed you in your thinking. Hopelessness. Oh, there's just no way we can get out of this. We're too far deep. I believe in these 21 days of prayer, God wants to do the miracle work in you. The scripture says his desire is to give us what? A future and a hope something to look forward to. I believe he's also gonna bring new life in these 21 days. New life to your finances. So we say amen right now. Claim that, believe that. In 21 days of prayer, God's gonna teach you some things and show you some things about your finances where he can bring new life. Your marriages, at best you're tolerating. At best you're just trying to get by. And God wants you to thrive in your marriage. I believe in 21 days of prayer and fasting, God's going to teach you how to thrive in your marriage. Amen. Your careers. Whatever your career you're walking in, maybe it feels like a dead end to you. God's either going to open your eyes to a new way or he's going to give you a new way. But I believe careers are going to be made new in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. And then specifically fertility. We, we've been praying and believing with couples in this church that God would do a work and move on their behalf and bring them young life that they're called to have in their marriages and in their families. Uh, some of my best friends, they could not have kids. 
it's a true story. Uh, he's preached here, Sean Jazik, as a pastor in Georgia, uh, who's a friend of ours. They accepted the fact that they couldn't have kids. They just said, this is what it is for us. We can't have kids. We, we, we just understand it. And, and they were in a 21 days of prayer and fasting in their church. And they, they weren't even seeking the Lord for fertility. But during the 21 days of prayer and fasting, they got pregnant. They have two beautiful boys right now. Why? Because God knows and sees the desires of our heart. And as we seek Him, now it's not the magic wand that you wave of 21 days in prayer. Are you with me? But I believe God can do it. Amen. Here's the deal. We have too much at stake to make fleshly mistakes, don't we? We got too much at stake to say, you know what? I can't fast right now. We're just in a season. There's no way I could give that up. There's no way I could give this up because our flesh is winning. There's way too much at stake for us to make fleshly mistakes when it comes to how we pursue God. We must pursue God. Like the scripture says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Amen. Here's the deal. We must combine fasting with prayer, worship, and listening. Listening being the key. It's easy to put on music. It's easy to get all prayed up. It's easy to do all that. But you also have to have a time of listening. Okay, God, what do you have for me? Because here's the truth. Fasting that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. Let's put our sacrifices out there and see God move while we're fasting, praying, worshiping, and listening. Amen? I'm going to just remind you. Go get one of these down at our information area. Dive into it. Seek what he would say. And I believe that God has miracles for you. It may not come right in the 21 days, but the seed may start. And it may start to grow and you're going to see it. But I just believe we got to pursue God with all our heart, all our mind, all our strength in this season. Amen.